Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Thursday afternoon, everybody. Rainy day here in South Mississippi, but wherever you're listening across the state this afternoon, we hope it's a good uh, good day for you. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad to have you. Kelly Santer is traveling today, but we'll be catching up with Kelly later in the show to uh, bring you up to date on all the news surrounding college football. We're about to talk to two former Southern Miss football stars who are now coaching together in the Mississippi Junior College League. So we're looking forward to having Kevin Thompson and Tracy Lampley on the show here in just a moment. Want to broadcast from the First Bank studio again today in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Our thanks to First Bank for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour, and of course, want to remind you that the first segment every day is sponsored by our good buddies at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Fourth of July weekend coming up. What a great weekend for some Dickie's Barbecue! You can call in, place your order, have it delivered to your home. You can pick it up through the drive-through if you choose. You can go in and dine in the restaurant at Dickie's again. But whatever you choose to do, what a great time this weekend to enjoy some Dickie's Barbecue, and we appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. All right, our guest today, we're going to do two guys at one time. We're going to keep them for a couple of segments. Lots to talk about. Uh, Kevin Thompson, or Kevy Thompson, I'm sorry, is the defensive coordinator at Hines Community College, former Golden Eagle football star. Tracy Lampley coaches the wide receivers at Hines. And, of course, Tracy uh, was a four-year starter at running back, a wide receiver, and special teams. And, gentlemen, we're glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. Glad to be a part of it. Thank you. All right, we're going to start with you, Kevy. Uh, you're the defensive coordinator at Hines Community College, and we'll the second segment we'll talk more about uh, about you guys and your time at Southern Miss. <clears throat> but if I were going to ask you today, Coach, are we going to play football this fall? What would you say? Uh, that's a great question that I think that I can't answer. I don't think uh, anyone has an answer right now to that question. Uh, you know, it's living in these times, man. It's, it's a tough time, and I don't. It's hard to say. I don't. I can't answer the question. I don't know, man. How has all of this changed your routine as a defensive coordinator, Coach? I mean, is this a lot different than than maybe what you would normally be doing this time of the year? Exactly. It, it is. Um, normally, around this time, we have our guys in now. We've been able to do, like, walk-through stuff and, and stuff like that. But now we Zoom has taken over the market. So now everything is. As far as the install goes, you know, you're doing everything on Zoom now. So it, it, it definitely has changed how we do routine the thing. Can you coach effectively using Zoom? Uh, we, I don't believe in excuses. Uh, so I think this is a new norm. So we're going to have to find a way and, and, and time will tell if we can coach effectively. Right, right. So really, and, and we talked to Jay Hobson uh, Monday, I guess it was, and he was kind of like you, Coach. He just he just didn't seem to have an answer. And I don't really think right now no one does, do they? They don't. They don't. Tracy Lampley, great uh, football player at Southern Miss, wide receiver, running back, special teams guy, uh, extraordinary special teams uh, guy. 
you know, we talk a lot, Tracy, about junior college football and the level of play in the state of Mississippi is really outstanding. Try to put in perspective for our listeners just how good these teams are today in Mississippi junior colleges. Oh, man, it, uh, teams in this league, they they, they real good because uh, you got guys that come down from the uh, from the D1 level and come to JUCO for a second chance. And you actually playing against some very talented guys, and you gotta you gotta be on your P's and crews. Yeah, I think that's right. I and, and am I right? But now in junior colleges, you guys can recruit players from everywhere. Back eons ago, when I was in junior college, there were districts that you had to live within. But is has that changed? Am I right about that? Yeah, sir. You're absolutely right about that. It's an open up time and changing now. You're able to go out and recruit guys from all over the world. And I would think, too, at Hines, you guys have a lot to recruit with. I, I would think you're in a really advantageous position with the size of your school, the location, the history of Hines. Am I right about that? Yes, sir. I would like to agree with you on that part as well. Yeah. So uh, you're enjoying your time in the junior college ranks. What, what would you say is the biggest difference, Tracy, between uh, your average kid that's playing J.C. football and when you and uh, Coach Thompson were playing at Southern Miss? The difference is, you know, uh, you got you got to step into the coach's role now instead of the player role. You know what I mean? Right. And then you got to be able to adjust. You got to be right, be able to relate the message that you're trying to get across to your guys. And you know, uh, you'll come across some guys, you know, that you got to stay on. But then you'll come across some guys that just love the game of football, and that's what it's all about. Right. All right, Luke. We got two Southern Miss greats with us at one time. Jump in here. Coach Thompson, um, with all the uncertainty, one thing is certain. Uh, Miss the Mac Jack a couple weeks ago announces you uh, you're going to lose the first game of the season. That's across the board. They're just trying to push back uh, any anything else. Is that a relief? I mean, I know there's disappointment. You want to play nine games, you're going to get eight. But is it is it a relief to know that you got a little longer to prepare for your first opponent? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with all these, with all that's going on in the world, um, it, it, it's great because you get a chance to get the kids in. And for two weeks, you don't have to go worry about uh, getting ready for a scrimmage or anything like that. You can really get your kids because a lot of things is the kids that's going to come in, a lot of them going to be out of shape, all right, because a lot of them hadn't been doing anything. So you get a chance to get them back acclimated to, to running and all that type of stuff. And then you get some you get a chance to build some camaraderie before the season starts by, by letting the guys be around each other for a little while. And I think that, that's big and, and significant in, in what we're doing. We talked to Coach Hobson the other day about the NCAA's um, plan. Uh, you got voluntary workouts now, mid-July. I guess two more weeks they can bring them in uh, for film work, and then uh, you kind of uh, phase them in, and then August seventh is normal. What what does the uh, the preseason look like for for you guys? Are are you in voluntary mode right now, and when will everybody kind of report? Well, as of right now, uh, it's, not even, we don't even have our kids on campus. Uh, our kids don't report to campus until the end of the month, uh, July the 27th. Uh, so right now, when they come, it'll be uh, team, act- uh, team activities going on, so it will be mandatory then. So as of now, we don't even have our kids on campus. 
I got you. Tracy, um, you have uh, captured the the hearts of people, and I'm saying this as a West Jones Mustang. Everybody knows who you were before Southern Miss because of how good you guys were with Coach Bowles at at Wayne County. Then you go to Southern Miss. uh, You light it up. People really looked at you like a Reggie Bush guy type of guy. Then you find yourself back in in coaching high school. Uh, I know Todd Breland, who comes from the Marcus Bowles ranks, uh, you coach with him and you coach with Coach Bowles at Pedal. How have those two guys impacted what you're doing now at Hines uh, Community College? Uh, man, just they just gave me great leadership and being and being a coach and soaking up all the knowledge that I can as a coach and applying it to my daily routine. Coach Bowles is one of those guys. Everybody in the state of Mississippi knows where he is. Um, I, I know. I'm not sure, Coach Thompson, when you played high school uh, football in relation to where Marcus was, but everybody remembers Marcus went and just tearing it up at Taylorsville before he went to Wayne County. Both of you guys have have seen the type of guys like Marcus Bowles in the state of Mississippi. We talk about junior college football, and I guess Coach Thompson, I'd, I'd put this back back to you. You've coached in the high school level. How important is it for the relationship? that you have as a high school coach as Tracy's coach in high school too to be able to recruit in the JUCO level? Uh, I think that with everything that you do in life that relationships are very, very important and uh, like you said obviously with us uh, playing football in South Mississippi and and coaching in North Mississippi and stuff like that uh, I built a lot of relationships with a lot of coaches through coaching high school football and I think that's very important when it comes in, in terms of speaking about recruiting and getting players and stuff like that because coaches are going to send uh, players to, to coaches that they think going to develop their co- uh, players on and off the field and, and from young men to men. And I think that the relationship part of it is very, very important. All right, guys, we want to keep you over for the second segment if we can. Uh, lots to talk to, you, to both of you about uh, regarding your Southern Miss football careers. Is that, uh, is that good with you? Sounds good. All right, we've got Kevy Thompson and Tracy Lampley, defensive coordinator and, of course, the wide receivers coach for Hines Community College. We're going to continue our conversation with these two gentlemen uh, right after the break. Uh, before we go to break, I want to remind everybody about DBAT and D1, two new training facilities right here in Hattiesburg. DBAT set up to uh, train kids for softball and baseball, and uh, they've got great expert uh, instructors there. Uh, if you've got a child in your family and you want them to be the best they can be in softball or baseball, then DBAT would be the place for you to go. And then D1 is a new state-of-the-art training facility that's open for all sports and all ages, and they've got a variety of former college athletes that are there to train you no matter what sport uh, you're entertaining or you want to be the best you can be at. So I want to encourage everybody to check them out. It's brand new in Hattiesburg. It's absolutely state-of-the-art. DBAT and D1, they're located in the old Getty's Pizza building on Hardy Street. And uh, Luke Johnson, did you ever eat a pizza at Getty's Pizza? I did back in the day, Gaddy's Town. Yeah, I, yeah. I was really more like Chuck E. Cheese. I was kind of more there for uh, the the games than I was the pizza. But yeah, quality <laughs> stuff. That's where DBAT and D1 is at. We hope you'll check them out. We hope you'll uh, take advantage of this tremendous new facility in Hattiesburg. All right, more with Kevy Thompson and Tracy Lampley next on the Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour on a rainy South Mississippi afternoon. Hope the weather's better where you're listening this afternoon on the Super Talk Network or online, wherever you may be. Thanks for tuning in. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Uh, you'll find the best selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere in the country right there on Hardy Street. They're open Monday through Saturday until 5 p.m. You can now shop inside the store again. If you prefer, you can continue to buy your merchandise online at CampusBookmart.net. We're talking to uh, Kiwi Thompson and Tracy Lampley, both coaches now at Hines Community College, both former football stars for the Golden Eagles. Uh, Coach Thompson, I'm going to start with you. You were defensive back 2008-2009. For Southern Miss, I've often heard it say that DB is the loneliest position on the field because if you look around and look over your shoulder, you see nothing but open field, and you're responsible for making sure the receiver doesn't get down that field. Uh, is it the loneliest position on the field, Coach? I would like to agree with you with that statement. I, uh, I tell people often that if you got 20,000 uh, fans in the stand, and they throw a fade ball, and you, you got, and everybody has two sets of eyes. That means you have forty thousand eyes looking at you, so you have your chance to get your fifteen <laughs> seconds of fame. So I would agree that it's a lonely position in football. I've also, I've also often heard that you have to have the shortest memory in football because if you say you, you get burned on a play, or the guy you're covering gets a you know a big reception, you got to be able to block that out, and you got to you got to defend the next play. How hard is that to do? Uh, for a young DB, it can be. Uh, extremely hard, but that's the thing that you have to rep uh, them with all the time that, and let them understand that you're going to get beat if you play this position. It's going to come with the territory. You're going to give up a play. Uh, but, you know, you just got to instill them into a kid because if you don't, uh, one fade ball can end a kid whole season, you know, because it'll kill the whole confidence, swag, and everything. Right. We've had baseball players and coaches tell us often that baseball is a game of failure, and you have to learn to deal with the failure in order to enjoy the successes I would think to a degree that would be the same thing of being a defensive back. You're just going to have plays where you get beat, and you just have to suck that up and get ready for the next one. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. You know, you go, like I said, you're going to give up plays here and there. You just got to keep playing and keep chopping. Right. All right. Now, Tracy, you were, of course, a wide receiver, running back, special teams uh, star. Was there, was there one of those three positions you enjoyed the most? I enjoyed all of them, to be honest with you. Any, <laughs> any way I can help the team win and be successful, then I don't, I don't mind doing it at all. Right. Two punt returns for touchdowns, 847 yards in punt returns, 10 touchdowns, 4,760 yards from scrimmage uh, in your career. And the, the 2011, did I read this right, 2011 Conference Championship MVP. Yes, that's correct. And that was a good day, wasn't it, Tracy? It was, you know, uh, <laughs> nobody in the country gave us a chance to go into Houston and win, but we knew deep down that they couldn't stop us on offense. We had a good enough defense to go in and can hold them and give us give us a chance to win. Yeah, you're right about the comparisons. And one thing I, I remember from that game were the comparisons of quarterbacks and how all the attention from ESPN was going to the Houston quarterback. But you had a pretty good quarterback on your team as well, didn't you? Yes, Austin Davis, a great quarterback. Uh, did some wonderful things at uh, Southern Miss, and he came into that game locked and loaded. Yeah, it was, it was a great day for, for Southern Miss football, Luke. Yes, sir. I Tracy, like um, wanna... go ahead, Tracy. I'm sorry. I was just saying I, I was agreeing with him um, on that statement he made. It was a great day for Southern Miss football. And right. 
Right. I got really excited when a West Jones Mustang, Desmond McCullum, hit uh, Case Keenum in the mouth. He was a redshirt freshman, came off the corner and sacked him in the uh, in the fourth quarter. I went I went crazy of that. But Tracy goes back to the reason that guys like Coach Thompson talk about that the, uh, the the defensive back position is one of the loneliest places in the world is because guys like you were created by the Lord with a thing called speed, okay? And the Lord gifted you very much with that. I never possessed that. I don't know what it's like. But were there ever times when you got an open space that you just looked in front of you and you said, I know something that nobody else knows. I'm about to make burn toast out of these defenders. Are there ever moments in a game, or do you look back later and just kind of marvel in what happened? Well, that's the goal. You go into every game, you know, trying to make plays and, and all that kind of stuff. And you break out to open field, and that's one of the things, uh, as the offense guy pride itself on, is not getting caught by a defender especially um, being chased down. So you go into the game, you know, looking to make those kind of plays. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> coming coming out of Wayne County, what sold you on Southern Miss? Was it the offense that Larry Fedora uh, was putting in place? Was it some of the success you thought you guys might could be? What was it about Southern Miss that caused you to end up going there as a local kid? Uh, pretty much the offense that Coach Fedora was uh, putting in place, and the, and the way those guys recruited me, and they believed in my talent, it believed in my talent, and and truly gave me a chance to be a part of something special. And uh, Tracy, yeah. I've got to ask you this: <clears throat> You were the uh, MVP 2011 uh, CUSA Championship game. You may not know this, but my buddy Luke was the offensive MVP of the Liberty Bowl. And Luke has been known to carry his MVP trophy around some to locations where we're broadcasting this show. Do you ever uh, do, do you ever tote the uh, MVP championship trophy around with you? I would. No sir. no, sir, I do not. Actually, my mother has it in her house, and after after the game, she took it, and I and she, and she had it ever since. What a great story. So mom never gave you back your MVP trophy. And I never asked for it back. <laughs> that, that's the line of the week, Luke. That's the best thing we've heard all week. It's good good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Coach Thompson, um, looking forward to the 2020 season. You guys lose one game. But this is your first year as a defensive coordinator. I promise I'm not going to get a, a scouting report for Jones and Coach Buckley and those guys. But what is your what is your defensive philosophy, and what can people generally expect to see from Hines on the defensive side of the football this year? Yeah, we pride ourselves on, on three words. All right? We tell our kids we want to play to an identity, and identity for us here at Hines is we want to play fast, we want to play physical, we want to play aggressive with a mindset that we're not going to back down from anyone. Yeah, you look at what you what they did last year, seven and two. Um, you beat East Mississippi, and uh, and and Lamp. How was how was the how was it to to beat a team that good that early on, and for your kids to experience what a lot of JUCO players don't get to experience a, a bowl game at the end. Well, uh, the experience of beating East Mississippi uh, straight out the gate it started with the coaching staff. Coach William put a, good, a great coaching staff together, and, and we had to form a belief around us. Then we had to translate it down to the kids, and that was our mindset of being one and no coming out of week one. Hmm. How how good has East Mississippi been? You guys have competed against them, and I know they're not the most beloved team. I hear a lot of comments about the different aspects of the team, but but uh, I'll ask you, Coach Thompson, what, what has been their success up there? How, how have they had so much success? 
first off, tip your hats off to Coach uh, Buddy Stevens and his staff. Uh, I think offensively, they do a really good job of uh, playing to their quarterback strength. And uh, they like to get the ball off out of the quarterback hands extremely fast. And so they're really good at getting the ball to their playmakers in space. And, and, they, and over the years, they've had a lot of playmakers. Is it fair to say they are the team in the JUCO ranks with the target on their back? Are they still the team that everybody wants to go beat? Um, I, I think it's kind of shifted now. I think it, it's not like it once was when, when they were hot, when they had the, the TV shows and stuff around. Uh-huh. They're still a really, really good football team. But I think now you have to throw Hines in that bunch. You have to throw Gulf Coast in that bunch. Uh, you have to throw Jones, Northwest, you know, and teams and such like that. I think it's kind of, you know, the gap is kind of closed a little bit thing now, in my opinion. Pick the top three teams you think that, that will play in the league this year. Who will be the top three overall uh, team? I'm going to go with Hines. Uh, I go with Jones, Gulf Coast. Yeah, and and Jones is another school that has been perennially uh, very good. Uh, all right, Luke, uh, what else you got for these gentlemen? We've got 90 seconds left. <clears throat> Lamp, how big is that 2011 championship trophy, the, the MVP <laughs> trophy? How big is it? To be honest with you, man, I've seen that trophy about one or two times, and, and they put it up in the, uh, in the championship uh, case down at USM. But I think I've seen it about twice. And it's big. It's a nice size trophy. <laughs> what about your MVP trophy? How big is it? Uh, so it's a medium size, like a typical MVP trophy. And where exactly does well, it so- sit at your mama's house, Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> she got it in the living room. As soon as you walk in, you can see it. <laughs> That's correct. That's Everybody great. touches it. See, see what was crazy about mine? Mine's actually bigger than a uh, than a, a state championship football trophy. It's got a big gold football. But I was the offensive MVP as the punter, as a defensive position. So I guess it was just an <laughs> evoking of pity and sorrow and the fact that we got shut out that day to uh, Urban Meyer's Utah Utes. But anyway, guys, we appreciate you being on today. Thanks so much uh, for uh, your contributions. to, And I hope you win every game this year except Jones. But we appreciate you very much. Much being on the Eagle Hour today. Thanks, coaches. Thank you. All right, everybody. That is uh, Kiwi Thompson and Tracy Lampley. Good to see that USM blood and the junior college ranks. Uh, yeah, uh, because I, we we didn't we didn't hate on them, but when you look at the coaching staff for Hines, head coach is a, Miss, is a Mississippi State guy. They got a few more Mississippi State guys. Omar Connor, who's a starting quarterback from Mississippi State. Pretty good, some black and golds up there in uh, in the maroon at, at Hines. And you do junior college football, so you expect Hines to be a really competitive team this year, I gather. Uh, man, they were they beat East Mississippi when they were number one last year, and lost to Jones, and uh, the only other game they dropped was the bowl game. So they should be pretty good for sure. All right, our thanks uh, to Kiwi Thompson and Tracy Lampley. We'll find Kelly Sander next. Stay with us. Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour rolls on. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a rainy Thursday, third segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 1987 Casey Fisher 
stupendous basketball poster along with lots of other Southern Miss memorabilia. They got a lunch every day for eight ninety five. Uh, you missed it today. It was Pork Chop Thursday. Uh, but uh, you can try the sandwich of the week, which is the pizza burger, even to tomorrow. You can always find out on their Facebook page, 4th Street Bar and Grill, located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly John Center joins us now. Kelly, uh, anything can happen in 2020, and the Mississippi High School Athletic Association is considering something that would be unbelievable Never happened before and would make fall really strange in Mississippi. July 15th is the date to circle, Luke. Uh, in all of their publications, <laughs> excuse me, yesterday, they're stating that July 15th is going to be the date that, and we talked yesterday on the show that they're going to have to decide something rather soon because, you know, you've got athletic directors that would have to juggle schedules and get together with athletic directors. But on July 15th, the MHSAA is expected to announce what the fall sports season will look like. There's reportedly two options on the table. The first is to proceed with football with some modifications. And those modifications that we touched upon yesterday would, like, would look most likely like a condensed season, meaning the season would not start until probably late September, maybe even early October, and those teams would just play their district games and then have your, your playoffs per usual. That's one option on the table. But reportedly, the only other option on the table is to flip the baseball and football seasons, meaning that baseball would be played in the fall and high school football would be moved to the spring. The idea here, again, is that baseball teams have smaller rosters. It would be easier to socially distance uh, baseball players in a dugout. The, the crowds aren't as big at high school baseball games as they generally are in football. And if nothing else, by moving football to the spring, it would buy them four or five more months to figure out where this thing is going. But, but there's no guarantee that this thing's going to be any better in the spring, which could then jeopardize the football season in the spring. So, again, two options on the table to proceed with football in some condensed form, most likely, or to play baseball in the fall, football in the spring. We should find out on July 15th. This seems hard to believe, doesn't it, guys? Well, you know, it's, it's extraordinary times which, which we're in. And, you know, I know a lot, of, a lot of states that have their high school baseball seasons, Bob, they don't even start their high school baseball seasons until the end of May. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, you know, and, and of course you're talking about schools north of the Mason-Dixon line where the weather becomes a little warmer and a little bit more predictable in May. And then even though schools aren't in session, they continue to play games over the summer, June and, you know, June and July, and have their state championships at the very end of July. And then, of course, they go back to school in August and, and begin with the football cycle. So for some teams up north, that wouldn't necessarily you know, be a, a big change. Uh, but for here, it certainly would be. And, of course, there's schools of thought there, too, that, all right, well, the high school baseball season was the first season to be shut down because of COVID, that it would only be right that it be the first one back, uh, you know, under the circumstances. But there's also the argument that, um, that you know, the, you wouldn't have the same teams you had in the spring because a lot of teams were decimated by graduation. 
Right. But again, this by far is is far from a perfect world that we live in. And the condensed football season, you know, might be a financial hardship for some of these schools that really need a full schedule in order to be able to to pull off the financial obligations that they have. And right now, it looks like the spring would be a better option to be able to get in all of those games. Right. But some tough decisions coming up July 15th. Here's something I want to ask you about, Kelly, that, that I read this morning. I didn't realize this, but you've got some colleges, Ohio State, Indiana, and SMU, that have required returning football players to sign releases that would that would hold the would would hold the schools apart from you know a, a suit if the kids come back and get COVID nineteen. Now, two Democrats, Cory Booker in the Senate and and Richard Blumenthal. We all know Senator Blumenthal. He's the one that faked his Vietnam uh, war career, but nevertheless. They enter. They are. They are submitting a bill this week that would prohibit colleges from compelling players to sign COVID nineteen waivers. Your thought about uh, whether or not colleges should be immune from any liability if they bring kids back and they end up sick? I think that college players, by you know, generally speaking, are adults. We deem them adults in just about every aspect. So it should be the athlete's decision to come back or not come back. However, it's my opinion that if the athlete in senses that there's some imminent danger or doesn't want to take the risk, that they should not be punished if they choose to to not come back. Correct. Does that make sense? Yeah. And Major League Baseball is already trying to get ahead of that curve. They announced yesterday, of course, the Mexican Baseball League has completely shut down. There will be no baseball in Mexico through the end of the year. And Major League Baseball now with these 50-man rosters, it's going to be kind of an unlimited back and forth. If players test positive for COVID, they will be knocked off the roster. They'll go down and get some of their supplemental players, put them on the roster, and any player that tests positive for COVID will not be able to return to the Major League roster until they have two consecutive negative tests. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> once the player's diagnosed, and it'll take two tests, in order to be put back on the roster. So Major League Baseball trying to get a handle on this before it ever becomes a problem. Uh, Luke Johnson, should universities uh, be responsible for uh, or, or be liable for kids that come back uh, and get sick, or should they be immune from that liability? Um, I, I think it's in the middle. To, to further Kelly's point, I, I think if a kid chooses not to participate in athletic ability, he should at least retain his athlete, his academic scholarship. I and I think he, the, the, the university should pay for his education. They should pay for his books. They should pay for all that. Because that kid's got a – and I know they do it all the time with transfer portal, but assume the benefit of the doubt. Uh, a kid shouldn't uproot his life just because – because he's not – if he's not going to play at Clemson, he's not going to play at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if, if it, all things are normal, get, get what I'm saying. If, if the concern is legitimate, it's not going to matter where he goes unless, unless he's, you know, playing for North Dakota State where it's, you know, zero degrees outside. I don't know. The point, the point that I'm saying is that you shouldn't lose your, you shouldn't lose your education just because you won't play football. With that said, I think the, the institutions in some ways need to do that. We've talked about that with the fan base. Listen, we're, we're a, a country of freedom. And if you want to expo- if you want to go to a college football game and enjoy that, well, you shouldn't come around and sue the fire out of somebody 15 years later because we got a trigger happy lawsuit culture, which is stupid. You can pour hot coffee on yourself and get 10 million dollars because 
you didn't want your coffee to be hot. I mean, you're going to complain if it's the other way around. So in a trigger-happy lawsuit culture, institutions, whether it's fan base or, or athletes, they've got to do something to protect. So there's got to be some hybrid middle ground where you are assuming re- you don't have to play, but if you do play, we're not forcing you to play, but you're not going to come back years later and, and, and sue the school that paid for your education. There's got to be some happy middle ground in the middle. Right. And I should point out, I think as I read that article, those schools have, have indicated that they would not take a kid's scholarship away. But, but Kelly, let me ask you this question. We can say LSU and Alabama, should the salaries of the players be reduced if they're afraid to play? Well, they would stand to reason. Of course, you know, I really admire these guys from LSU and Alabama that take the pay cut and go to the NFL. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Some, I mean, some will do it a year early. And, and they're truly playing for the love of the game. Of you course know, they when, are. That <laughs> in academics, have, of course. When they have to take that pay cut to go to the just, NFL. Just kidding, what is, of course. Uh, just kidding, of but, course. But what is, the plan? what is the plan for Ole Miss when they host the University of Phoenix? I mean, <laughs> that, that's a little special <laughs> Negotiations that need to take place. No, I, actually, I think it's taking place on Zoom. Um, yeah, which, which, uh, based on part that, of the incentive, I think. Yeah, I think part of the incentive was the University of Phoenix was actually going to give every Ole Miss player a degree if they participated in that right. game. And I understood too that at the start of that broadcast, they're going to have a video uh, taped message from. Wofford College uh, showing the lights that they got on their stadium after playing Ole Miss a couple years ago and thanking them for making those lights possible, Kelly. The Wofford Terriers. Yeah, the Boston the Terriers. <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's the mascot for Wofford. It is. No, it's the Boston Terrier. And you've seen my Boston I Terrier. I couldn't Kelly, tell so. you what the, yeah. the mascot is for Ole Miss. I couldn't even begin to tell you which one it is. I'm so confused about it. The last five years up in Oxford has been the first time in the world hotty toddy actually makes sense. Who really are we here at Ole Miss? <laughs> We're just kidding, everyone. So so please, uh, let's not <laughs> let's not take this much, out on how Kelly. Much, how much the, time do we have before we go to break? Uh, yeah. We're at break, Kelly, and it's probably okay. a really good thing, don't you think? Yeah, but I do. I do have some more conference USA news. All right, and uh, so we just joke around here a lot, fellas. So uh, if we've offended it's anybody, today. yeah, Kelly, sorry. UTEP did something. Yeah, UTSA yeah. did something. Middle Tennessee right. cleaning That's out right. something. Yeah, Kelly will have an update on UTEP and the athletic program there at one of his favorite universities uh, when the Eagle Hour continues. Final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you today by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 40, no, 98. There's a lot of things on 49. Toyota Hattiesburg, not there. They're on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. They're always online at toyotahattiesburg.com. You can search their entire inventory. You can uh, get your lineup for your trade. You can secure financing. All that, toyotahattiesburg.com. Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor 
of the Eagle Hour. Kelly John Center, always breaking news, uh, and you've got some more out of uh, Conference USA today. Yeah, actually out of uh, Norfolk, Virginia, Old Dominion, uh, trying to restructure things for the the COVID and the ongoing pandemic. They are asking all of their football season ticket holders to meet tonight, as a matter of fact. A meeting has been called for the Norfolk Convention Center, but season ticket holders are instructed not to go to the ballroom of the convention center, but rather all season ticket holders will meet in the phone booth in front of the convention center. To this. To discuss what maybe it's no wonder pe- it's no wonder people don't like you, Kelly. Is that a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kick a guy while he's well, down? Yeah, right? <laughs> I was I was just thinking about you know all the all the multitudes that listen to this show. You probably have some Ole Miss people. I ticked them off last week. You know why we you know why we hate on Ole Miss and Mississippi State because nobody listens to this show. We can do whatever we want, right? That's yeah, how it is. That's Bob. exactly right. That's exactly correct. Now, Southern Miss people love it. I get I get texts all the time saying, you know, keep on, keep on keeping on. And but but the thing, you know, I, we we don't we have to dig to get this information on Conference USA because it's not on any of their websites. No, you know, no, or anything. Even so. UTEP, which, as we know, is the king of social media in Conference USA. <laughs> <laughs> and have you noticed since we reported about the trophy case tragedy? Yeah. A couple of days ago, that the skies have cleared up a little bit. So yeah, somebody I, got the message. Apparently. Well, I, my my lawyer is uh, actually preparing a lawsuit against UTEP for that very reason, Kelly. Because <laughs> yeah, my you're eyes lonely. watered for three days yeah. when they opened that damn trophy case. It was oh, just you unbelievable. Ought to be able, I think you could get twenty five grand out of that anyway, Bob. Wouldn't you? I I would think so. Look, I, I will go back to Ole Miss for a second. What year are we? What year are we living <laughs> in? You could get way more than that. That was a lot of money back in the day, Luke. Yeah, you know? exactly. Now, Luke Johnson, you know as well as me that we talk with great respect about Coach Bianca at Ole Miss. Uh, we've talked with great respect about Mississippi State's baseball program. We've even talked pretty nicely about Mississippi State and their willingness to play Southern Miss. But the crux of the matter goes back to when you have an in-state school scheduling the likes of South Alabama and Charleston, or Charlotte, I mean, uh, you can't help but poke a little fun at them, am I right? Alcorn State also, yeah, which which I think is probably the the most of the three. That's the most logical for Ole Miss. Yeah, for Ole Miss to get to get fans. I mean, Kelly, I, I told Bob the other day, if you look at attendance wise, there were only a little over two thousand pe- less people at the Southern Miss Mississippi State game last year than we're at the Egg Bowl, and that was in Starkville. There were more people that watched Southern Miss and Mississippi State last year than watched Ole Miss and LSU and Oxford. Yeah. So I, I applaud Ole Miss for bringing in Alcorn. Yeah, I think I it's going to be hilarious when they go to Charlotte and they play in front of 14 people and 10 of those people come back and watch the game in Oxford. Yeah. And, I, and, and I, I totally agree with you on, on Alcorn, which is, has been my beef with Ole Miss. Look, I don't, you know, I don't care if you're going to play Alcorn, fine. Delta State, fine. Southern Miss, fine. You know, but but why why exclude, you know, Southern Miss if Mississippi State will play, you know, the Eagles? <clears throat> and I know that the Ole Miss fans, particularly in the southern part of the state, get so tired of hearing this, you know. Um, but the squeaky wheel gets the grease, you know, and they keep talking about it until it happens because money's, money's going to be tight. And so decisions are going to have to be made on what would be, what would bring the greatest financial windfall. And a game with Charlotte 
and Ole Miss, as you just mentioned, Luke, is not going to draw a crowd no. to where a Southern Miss, Ole Miss crowd would. No. They, they'd come out of the woodwork for that game. No. Ole Miss can't even draw an Ole Miss crowd right now. <laughs> yeah. And if, and if Ole Miss beats the Eagles, if they beat us, then Fine. they beat us. They beat us, yeah. right. right. I mean, it's the same thing in baseball we're just, or whatever. We're just I mean, happy for the game. We're just that, happy for right. the game. The fans and, are the and, ones and a lot of this is is tongue in cheek, and and we appreciate it, and and we're, we're thankful, you know, that to be able to be taken with not one but like five grains of salt. But mm-hmm. the the fact remains, Southern Miss will turn around and play Mississippi State in a few years, and regardless of whether or not we win that game, we're just thankful for the game because we feel like we should have always been playing. I tell right. you, I I can't imagine what it would have been like as a Southern Miss football player. Even last year, to be able to go into Starkville, Mississippi, and play a football game. And right. That's just one of the things when you grow up in the state of Mississippi, you want to be in that game. You want to play in that game. Right. Is it safe to. It, go ahead, Kevin. But part of it, too, Bob, is that, is that, and Luke, is that the Southern Miss football program has got to get to a point to where teams want to play you because it will help their stead in the bowl standings and with the NCAA. If you beat Southern Miss, you've beaten somebody. Right. All right, I want to end the note, uh, end the week on a note I think we can all agree with, and you guys can verify this. We do fully understand that no one takes anything they hear on this show very seriously. Fair enough? Yeah, and, and, and that's well advised. <laughs> <laughs> all right, have a good weekend, everybody. Best of tomorrow. We're going to rerun the show with uh, Coach Hobson. We were very happy to have him on the Eagle Hour. We'll look forward. If you didn't hear it, Make sure There's you no tune in. best of. What are you talking about? Right, what are you talking right. about? Well, with Coach Hobson, it's a, it's a good one. So let's. Uh, let's He's say the only that. good thing best about that. There you go. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.